Welcome to Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank. So very, very happy to have you with us today. What a great show we have in store for you today. A little bit later on in the show, we're going to have former senior vice president of officiating for the NFL and current Fox Sports uh, NFL rules analyst and college football rules analyst, Dean Blandino will be joining us on our show to discuss many topics surrounding some of the rules in professional and college football. Also, we'll be talking a little bit about NASCAR. NASCAR returns, that's right, this weekend. And there's a couple of things that you may need to know for this weekend that will definitely be different than previous races. Um, also, we'll touch a little bit on what we talked about yesterday with the Blake Snell comments and some of the things that are still going on around Major League Baseball concerning that situation. Um, but before we get to the glorious stuff, we have some unfortunate news out of Major League Baseball that two-time All-Star and former Houston Astros Boston Red Sox, New York Yankee, and Atlanta Brave first baseman Bob Watson has passed away at the age of 74. Bob played from 1966 to 1984, so just about 19 years in the major leagues. After his baseball playing career, he went on to be an executive for Major League Baseball, was also general manager of the New York Yankees. He was the first black general manager to win the World Series. So Bob Watson passed away at age 74. He will surely be missed. Now moving on to some more glorious news. NASCAR in Darlington this weekend. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of rule changes due to the COVID-19 and these unfortunate times that we are going through. But the one thing that we definitely are not, um, you know, going to see this weekend is fans in the stands. And we'll, we'll talk about that um, in a little bit as far as the fans and some of the rule changes. But, you know, I was thinking back and nothing was better when I think of Darlington. And I'm not going to, you know, pull any punches here. I'm not the biggest NASCAR fan. I was a big NASCAR fan. And then when Dale Sr. passed away that day in Daytona, I just, I really didn't feel like watching NASCAR much anymore. Now, I've watched some races here and there, but, you know, some of the rules have changed and, you know, since I've watched it last. Uh, but one of the probably the most memorable races that I seen came down to the stretch at Darlington where they will be playing this week and it was between Ricky Craven and Kurt Busch.
Wow, what a finish is right. What a finish that was. They were they were side by side touching, crossing the finish line at Darlington. Just an incredible, incredible race. We can only be that lucky to see that type of finish coming up this weekend. Now, NASCAR is one of the biggest sports coming back this weekend. Yes, UFC has come back. Uh, but NASCAR is the big, big one right now. Um, and I think it's going to set the tone for a lot of these other sports coming back as well. Now, here's a look at what will take place according to NBC Sports, before, during, and after Sunday's race. And I'm just going to touch on this a little bit. I don't want to go, you know, bore you to death with this. But as far as Sunday goes, there are going to be, as I said, no fans. Now, that's going to be real crazy for the drivers because, you know, yes, they're racing, but they're used to fans. They're used to the victory lap where the fans are involved. So, um... That'll be a little strange. Then you got drivers, crews, officials, and other essential personnel will have, actually, they're going to have designated time Sunday to report to screening areas at the Darlington Raceway. Drivers are required. Now, listen to this. They got to arrive at least four hours before the race. And the reason why they got to arrive four hours before the race, that way... If a driver fails their health screening and is not allowed to drive, it gives them enough time to get a backup driver. Now, once through the screening, the drivers then report to their motorhomes on the infield and they remain there. So there's no driver meetings like normal two hours before the race. Uh, I guess the driver's meeting is going to actually be held electronically at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, drivers are to report to their cars at 3.20. Um, and before they get the command to go ahead and fire up their engines. Spotters will not be located on the spotter stand. They will spread along the top rows of the stands. For some reason, that's what they're having them do here. Teams are going to be now limited to 16 people, including the driver, and five pit crew members. Top teams, if you're familiar with NASCAR, usually have over 20 people at the, at the track, typically a 10 crew members on their pit and stuff like that. NASCAR will space the haulers a minimum of six feet apart to limit contact between teams. Movement in the garage will be confined to marked directional paths with only essential personnel at the track. The number of NASCAR officials also will be limited. Now, after the race, the winner will still do their traditional burnout, celebration, spin out, whatever you want. Uh, so that will be allowed. Um, NASCAR has instructed competitors not to engage in traditional celebratory action um, with others such as handshakes, fist pumps, high fives, and hugging. There will be a victory lane this year, but it will be only for the driver. So the team will not be able to celebrate with the driver. Then after the race, teams must undergo post-event screenings. 
Then the teams will exit the track in a staggered fashion to keep the social distance guidelines in effect. So, a lot of different things in a nutshell that are going to have to be done differently this race than you have seen in the past. It's going to be different, but it's still going to be some racing. So, that that's going to be some good news there. You know, it's going to be good to see NASCAR back. You know, I really wish baseball can get that together. See, you know, we heard yesterday about baseball and the Blake Snell things and, you know, the comments that Blake made. Um, we had a show and I, you know, I pretty much went off on Blake Snell yesterday and with good reason, I feel. And a lot of other people I know in the nation, from sports reporters to sportscasters, you know, had the same feeling. I didn't know if it was just me. Remember, we're reporting uh, our show usually around roughly 10 o'clock Eastern time. So when we're doing our show, you know, we don't get a lot of the information on what's going on unless it's breaking news. And that, I don't know if that's breaking news, but, you know, Bryce Hopper came out yesterday trying to defend him, which I thought, you know, Bryce really didn't look into intelligent doing it, uh, especially with the, you know, just the phrases he was using. But let me explain this thing about baseball to you. And I know we talked about Blake Snell, and I'm not going to dwell on the whole Blake Snell thing, and I'm not going to go over it and tell you the same exact feelings I told you yesterday. If you want to go back and listen to that Emmy Award-winning show that where we commented and a lot of people have sent us a lot of responses in regards to that specific part of our show, the Blake Snell part, please go ahead and listen. It's on the Frankly Speaking uh, group sports page. Uh, you can go ahead and listen there. You can listen on Spotify, Google, Anchor FM. It's also on Twitter. So a lot of different places you can listen to it. I would highly recommend it. But looking at the situation, you know, the first thing I want to make sure everybody understands. It's not the point that was trying to be made. It was the message. And I think the thing with Blake yesterday is it's not what he said, it's how he said it. He said it in a very negative, derogatory way. Like he didn't care about anybody but himself. Very selfish act by him, the way it was presented. I was always taught it's not necessarily what you say. It's how you say it. And this is one of those cases where it's how he said it. Okay, I agree with the players that they should not take an additional cut. I agree with that. I want to make it very clear on this show. I do agree. They already agreed to a contract in March that they would go ahead and do a pay reduction based on the amount of games they played. And we discussed this already. Um, they came to an agreement with it. Everybody was on board. Uh, they, they accepted taking less money. They understood the situation. Now baseball comes back and wants them to take a further reduction. If I was a player, I would be upset with that as well. 
I want to make sure that's very clear. It is not that point that anybody is disagreeing with. It's not the argument of whether they should take, you know, less money than they originally have taken. I don't think anyone's really arguing that point, unless maybe you're an owner or an executive at Major League Baseball. The problem was the presentation by Blake. I only care about money. He took a situation and he over-dramatized it completely. Acting is not one of his skills, obviously. And there are so many other people, frontline workers, risking their lives every day to make sure he can have the ability, when this is all over, to play the game of baseball. And he comes back with all of this. There are doctors. There are nurses. There are CNAs. There are grocery line workers. There are truckers. Um, there are restaurant workers that are coming into contact with people every single day to provide all these athletes a lifestyle that they can at least live for the current time. And it showed a lack of appreciation. You know, for him to say, I could die from this. You know, we, we went over that yesterday. But just the over-dramatization uh, completely, completely just negative feeling that you got. I mean, people just walked away. And so many people had the same feeling uh, you know, I know I had one uh, listener that called him a punk. And, you know, I don't like to call people punks necessarily on my show. But I could understand where that guy came from. He just acted so classless with those points. And then Bryce Harper going, well, you know, a lot of us agree with Blake Snell. It's not about whether you agree or not. Once again, it's the presentation of what you said. You know, I don't care how you get, you know, some people will go, well, I I have a simple goal and this is the way you get to it. Well, it's not always the final end result. It's the process you take to get to that end result. And that's where he failed. Now, as far as this argument goes with baseball, we'll discuss that when we come back from break. All about a word that I believe in so much. Love, love, love. Yes, to love one another, to care about one another. And then also in life, utilize the term thank you. Thank people, anyone that's played a part in your life, that's helped you in any manner whatsoever. Remember to thank them, to thank them. I remember when I got into the Hall of Fame, I was going crazy before I was in my speech, trying to think of all of those to thank that played a vital part of my life to help me chase my dreams and goals. Nobody achieves any honor without a team with people together lending a hand, extending a hand with love in their heart to make sure. I always tell young kids, make sure you say I love you to mom and dad and thank them for all the hours they put in driving you here, driving you there, taking the lessons, taking the whatever lesson, dance lessons, baseball, basketball, whatever you do in life. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank. We're just minutes away from having the former senior vice president of officiating of the National Football League and current Fox Sports uh, rules analyst for the NFL and college football, Dean Blandino, will be joining us. But we have that in a little bit. You know, going back to our topic that we were discussing in regards to baseball, you know, this is a time we see NASCAR coming back. We saw UFC coming back. It's time for baseball for the first time in however many centuries to work together to make this happen. You know, what they are doing right now, the bickering is just looking so bad for the game of baseball. You know, the entire nation is going through a major crisis. When we go through major crises, a lot of times it is professional sports that takes our mind off of that crisis for a certain period of time. If it's a baseball or football game, roughly three hours. Same with a hockey game or a basketball game or a soccer game. Whatever sport it might be this weekend, it'll be NASCAR. Just something to get our minds off the suffering that we are going through right now as a nation. Then you see Major League Baseball bickering over something that has been agreed upon. And I'm not, you know, the point here, who's in who's right, isn't who's wrong. It's the point that they cannot work professionally together to come to an agreement on a year that is going to be so unique compared to any other year. And, you know, it, it just sickens me to think that Greed is taking over. And you know what? Greed has always been there. This is nothing new. But for them to display it on such a national level and for them to go ahead and just look so bad, the Blake Snells, the uh, Bryce Hoppers, the uh, Robert Manfreds, all the owners of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball knew they weren't going to accept this. You know, we said this the other day. Your first offer is not always your best offer. Well, this is a time where you need to cut the crap and stop playing games. Sit down. Tell me why I don't care if you're sitting. You're allowed person to person now, baby. You can sit down with someone. Or if you want to do it virtually, I really don't care. But why can't you get this done? This should have been done already. You are messing with valuable time right now. Every day you wait a day longer is getting missed where you could have played baseball. You know, they talk about losing money. By arguing, you're losing money. These teams make a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. And the ones that aren't making that much money, they get money back from the other teams. Major League Baseball and the players need to act professionally, and this is a time that they need to do it 
to exemplify and role model the behaviors that everybody in the nation should be following. And right now, they're not doing that. You know, I got a question on the uh, Frankly Speaking Sports text line, and they wanted to know if there was any new word in the NFL. Well, I don't think that there's supposed to be any new word. The only thing I've heard is that they've extended um, the virtual, uh, doing things virtually for one more week till this Friday instead of opening up the facilities. But other than that, the NFL, to answer your question, is still planning on doing everything as normal. Um, they plan on opening up their camps when camps are supposed to open up. They plan on starting the season when the season is supposed to get started up. They expect to play every game on the dates and the times that they currently have scheduled unless they decide, you know, with that rule that they can change the times. But other than that, to answer your question, the NFL is going on as is. Everything except these OTAs that were canceled. But moving forward, they're pretty much going on the schedule that was previously decided. And I don't see them changing that unless something drastically happens between now and the start of their camps. Want to remind you all, if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, topics, anything you want to talk about, you can go, just like that gentleman did, to either our text line, or you can leave a message right here on this link. Right after this podcast, It'll say quick message link, leave a voice message, and we'll play it on the next episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. You can go to our email address, franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. Go to Twitter. If you have a Twitter account, follow us at Larry Frankis. That's with the U.S. at the end. And then, of course, the fastest growing sports Facebook group out there. Frankly speaking, sports. Once again, I emphasize the word sports because like I always tell you, if you just type in frankly speaking, you can be frankly speaking about subjects you don't necessarily want to talk about. So type in the word sports, frankly speaking, sports. We put all our podcasts on Twitter. We put all our podcasts on the Facebook group, frankly speaking, sports. You can ask questions there, and we also update all the latest sports news. We try to get to you as fast as we can. As soon as we get it, we usually go ahead and we put it right out to you for processing. So go to those pages. If you are not a member, go ahead and join. If you have friends that are not members, invite them as well. We are getting bigger and bigger by the day. We're on seven different platforms as far as our podcasts go. And our Facebook group is growing and growing and growing. Now, we got a very special guest for you that's going to be coming up shortly when we come back. Um, it's going to be Dean Blandino, senior, former senior vice president of officiating for the NFL and current Fox rules analyst for the NFL and for college football. So he'll be joining us. And we have definitely a lot of good stuff 
to discuss with them. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. It is my pleasure to now have on the Frankly Speaking Sports hotline former Senior Vice President of Officiating of the NFL and current Fox Sports NFL and College Football Rules Analysis, Dean Blandino. Dean, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing terrific, buddy. Let me ask you, obviously, you know, we're going through extreme times in the nation right now, and, you know, obviously it's impacting the sports world in an in a unbelievable way. Let me ask you, from an NFL and college football perspective, what rule changes do you think will have to be implemented in order for them to get the season underway this year? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I think it's going to be it's going to be a light year in terms of rules changes, just because just because of the time that we'll have. You know, who knows when the seasons will start? Hopefully, they start on time. But the off season obviously has been has been compressed and usually, you know, you have, you have more time and more and more interaction with your officials face to face to go through these rules changes. So I think it's going to be, I think we're going to see less rules changes overall, but you know, for, for us to get back, uh, you know, I just think it comes down to the safety of everyone involved and the testing. And I think it's bigger than just, I think it's bigger than just football. This is going to have, you know, obviously the safety of just the general public is going to be a big part of this. And I know officials are, are still, you know, they're still getting ready right now and doing doing Zoom calls and webinars and video conferences and, and just trying to trying to prepare as best they can. And, and we'll see when we get back to normal, um, you know, what, when that is. Now, about a month ago, or uh, maybe a couple of months ago, the XFL had started. I know you were heading up that with the officiating there. Um, and, you know... I actually watched a couple of games because I had just moved recently from Tampa over to Arkansas. So when I was in Tampa, I'd watch a couple of the Vipers game. Looked like everything was going well. There was some decent fan engagement. And then about 30 days ago, roughly, the XFL folded. How shocked were you when you heard that? Yeah, I, I I was surprised in terms of, you know, the filing for bankruptcy. Obviously, with with COVID-19 and sports just, just being, um, you know, put on hold around the world, the, you know, the suspension of the season wasn't surprising. We knew that we weren't going to be able to continue to play games at that point, but, but to fold the league altogether, I, I was surprised. Everything was, like you said, everything was positive. The, the football, the quality of the play was really good. The production, I thought both, both ESPN and Fox Sports did a great job producing those games and presenting them. And, uh, and, and I was confident, the people that I talked to were, were confident, even within the current environment, that we were going to have another season and, and go forward. And it just, um, you know, ultimately just these extraordinary circumstances were too much to overcome. Now, Dean, we're talking live to uh, Dean Blandino, former Senior Vice President of Officiating of the NFL and current Fox Sports NFL and College Football Rules Analyst. Dean, was there any specific rules in the XFL that you would suggest or would like to see in the um, implemented in the NFL? Well, it, there were some interesting rules innovations in the XFL, and I thought the kickoff was was probably the 
the most well-received because I've been a part of the NFL for a long time, and we looked at the kickoff and the kick return and how to make that play a safer play because it did have a higher a higher rate of injury, especially head-neck injuries. And, uh, and certainly college football has looked at that as well. I thought the XFL took a unique approach and really created a play that, that, did, that did reduce the, the opportunity for high-speed, high-impact collisions, and it kept the return in the game. So, so I think as the NFL and certainly college football, as they continue to look at um, the kick return and, and, and how to make that safer, I think the XFL kick kickoff is definitely something they, they should consider. Um, I, I like I liked the three-point try. You know, it, it made games, you know, the, the nine-point game was no longer a two-score game. And, I, and, and, you know, the whole idea um, is to have closer games and more exciting finishes and have games decided by, by fewer points. So, so I like that as well. And, and I think both the college and the, uh, the NFL rules committees will, will continue to look at those, those innovations. Now, as far as our listeners go, Dean, and I don't think there's anybody that can explain it better than you, explain to those who are not familiar um, who was in charge of making the NFL rules and how much say does a person that is the senior vice president of officiating have in the say of those rules? Yeah, that, that's a great question. The NFL has a competition committee. It, it's made up of it's a cross section of coaches, um, general managers, and usually a representation of ownership. And 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 that cross section is important because you get people who look at the game from a different perspective. If you had all coaches, um, those you you wouldn't have the perspective of a GM or or an owner, and and, and vice versa. So so they ultimately will will review every year they'll review statistical trends and injury data things like that and they'll they'll propose certain rules changes based on what they see um if if it's going to make a a positive impact on the game now the head of officiating is heavily involved in that process they that that person doesn't have a vote um but they are going to be involved in the discussions they're going to look at the, the potential rules changes from an officiating perspective can this can this rule change, can this foul be officiated consistently? So, so you know, when I was there, I did have a lot of input into that process. Um, and then ultimately, any team could propose a rules change. And, uh, and so if a club decided that this was something they wanted to propose, they certainly could do so. And then ultimately, a rule cannot be passed in the NFL unless you have um, – 75% of the of the membership. So 24 out of 32 clubs have to vote yes for a rules change to pass. And and typically those votes are either going to be the owner or the owner's representation, you know, representative. And uh, and so that's really how the process works. We're talking live to Dean Blandino on the Frankly Speaking Sports Hotline. You know, last year, speaking of rules, one was implemented last year on a trial basis which was the pass interference replay. And, you know, after a year of showing it, I believe very few, if not, I mean, very, very few were actually overturned last year. Um, now they're doing away with it, supposedly in 2020. Two questions for you. Number one is why? And number two, was it the players and coaches that decided to get rid of it? Or was it actually the competition committee? 
Yeah, so I think, you know, the, obviously that was, a, that was a significant rules change, and, and a lot of it had to do with the play from the 2018 NFC Championship game between right. the Saints and the Rams. I think that was probably the final straw. And, and I think we saw, we saw a lot of the, the un, unintended consequences with reviewing those subjective fouls. Replay went, when replay went into the NFL, it was supposed to be to deal with things that were, that were more objective, more facts. You know, the ball touched the ground or, or the player's foot touched the sideline. When you start to get into pass interference, and it's not, it's not just was there contact, was the contact enough to restrict the receiver and those types of things. Now it's just subjective and, uh, and you're replacing one person's judgment, the official on the field, with another person's judgment, the person reviewing it. And I think we saw a lot of problems with it. Like you said, very few were overturned. A standard um, appeared to change throughout the season. And ultimately, it was the competition committee that decided um, that they were not going to put that forth. It was only a one-year change, so, so they didn't have to um, repropose it. And they, they ultimately decided, hey, it didn't work the way we thought it was going to work, we're not going to put it forth for another vote. And, and there was no club or, or uh, you know, coaches really weren't pushing for it. And, uh, and so it just, it's not, we won't have fast interference review for the upcoming season, which, um, which you know, like I said, it's, it's a combination of things. It's a difficult play to review, and, and I don't think it was, I don't think it was implemented properly um, across the board last year. Now, let you know, obviously we're in a different age where technology is probably at its finest. How much more pressure is there on officials today because of the technology, because of us being able to pretty much dissect every play from every different angle possible? I mean... These officials only have a split second to make a decision when you're live. So how much more pressure is on them now because of technology? It, it continues to increase. I mean, every, I feel like now we're at a point where every, every season will be the most pressure. And it will continue to say, well, this season there's more pressure than ever. And the next season there'll be more pressure than this season. Because of the technology and the advances in technology, look, you, you, you probably watch football like I did. 30 years ago, you made the call on the field and everybody moved on. There wasn't, you mm -hmm. didn't get, you didn't break it down and look at it from multiple angles and slow motion and high definition and all of those things. So, so the technology has raised the bar for the officials. And like you said, as technology has evolved, well, the on-field official hasn't evolved at the same, at the same pace. They're still looking at it from one view with their eyes and and they have to make a call in a split second whereas we get to look at it from multiple angles and slow motion and all these different all these different advancements so technology continues to, to put the officials under tremendous scrutiny and it just it, it makes the job that much harder now dean in the past for some reason um the definition of what a catch is has become very very difficult and you know i looked at replays i remember watching a game a couple of years ago when jenkins of the just um stephen jenkins scored a touchdown but he dropped the ball and then the new england versus uh pittsburgh game the touchdown that wasn't and according to the rule the, the officials did get it right but the rule i mean for anybody that you want to ask what the definition of a catch is, couldn't explain. Why did we have so much trouble defining what a catch was? Well, I think, 
you know, part of it was instant replay. And I, and I think that whenever you look at something and, and you slow it down, a, a catch involves, it, it involves control. You know, did the receiver or the, or the player, did he control the football? And, that, and that's subjective. And when you watch it in real time at full speed, sometimes it looks different. Um, than when you slow it down. And then there's, there's an element of time. You know, the receiver has to hold on to it. This, this has been in the rule book for, for 80 years. You know, the, it, it, the receiver has to hold on to the ball long enough to do something with it. Now, now that is very subjective, and, uh, and I think a lot of people struggled with that. I think the, the, the application of the rule wasn't always consistent, you know, and I was a part of that. It, it's a difficult call to make on the field, and, and sometimes it's difficult to apply that rule in replay. And, uh, and I think there's always, going to be, there's always going to be some debate over, over catch, no catch, because of that subjectivity. Um, and, and, you know, it's tough to say, well, you know it when you see it, because, because then it's tough to teach that. It's tough to, to create greater consistency. You have to have some rules in place. And, and I just think that was a rule, and it continues to be a rule that, that we'll continue to debate because there is a lot of subjectivity. Now, Dean, a couple more questions before we let you run here. What are your thoughts in the NFL with ties? So, yeah, that's I am I'm not I'm not opposed to ties. I, I think you know we didn't have we didn't have overtime. Um, you know, in the history of the NFL, there was a time when when there was ties. You know, college football as well. And, and to me, there's, there's, there's pros and cons. People, I don't think we'd ever go back and, and eliminate overtime altogether. And people ultimately, especially today, um, they want, that, they want that, that satisfaction that was a winner or a loser. A tie kind of leaves you with a little bit of a, of a, of a bitter taste. But, but I think, you know, having, with taking away overtime, it would put pressure on both teams try to win the game in regulation it would it would might create great, you know more exciting finishes where teams might get conservative knowing okay we're going to go to overtime um so i'm not opposed to ties i think ties sometimes are good for you know the standings and they can create you know tiebreakers um at the end of the year natural tiebreakers but it's uh it, it, i don't think we'll ever go back and get rid of overtime altogether i think it's too ingrained in the uh in the you know in the game right now now let me ask you this. I'll put you a little bit on the spot here. Who's the, your refs that you are in charge of, and the officials, however you want to word it? Um, who is the one team, or the one player, or the one coach that your officials seems to, when they look at their schedule and they know they have that game, they tend to, you know, a little bit to gringe a little bit that they're like, oh. That's a really tough game because they have to deal with that specific coach or player. Uh, you know, it's most, in my time, at least from my experience, almost all the coaches I dealt with were great. And, and it's a tough environment. It, it really is. It's emotional for them. And there's, their, their jobs are on the line. And, and officiating is something they can't control. And coaches like to control everything. And there's a lot of structure um, within that, within the NFL. And, and, and so for the most part, the coaches have been great. You know, I would say, you know, one guy that stands out and he's just, I don't know if officials cringe, but they knew, you, you knew what you were going to get with him. And that was, and that was Bruce Arians. And, and BA is a guy, we have a great relationship, but he's a guy that will tell you how, how he feels. He's not going to hold back. 
Um, and uh, and so you are going to hear it on the sideline if you have one of his games, if you're on his sideline. But he's also the type of guy that that he might vent and he might let you have it, and then maybe 10 minutes later um, he's going to smack you on the back and and, uh, and kind of pick you up again. So, so I know you you were definitely in for an earful if you have if you have Bruce on your sideline when uh, when you're officiating the game. Now before we let you run here, Dean, I have to ask you um, the million dollar question that everybody wants to know. Based on what you know now, both college and NFL, will there be a season? I do. I do believe that there will be a season. I think. I think it's going to be more of a challenge for for the colleges. I think just because the NFL is, is, is under one umbrella, it's they're professional athletes. You're not dealing with student athletes. You're not dealing with, with universities getting kids back on campus. And, and, and you also have across the board with the NCAA, you have different conferences, you have different levels, um, you, have different, you have different resources. And, and so I think it's going to be more difficult. I, I can't envision a scenario right now, today, knowing what I know today, where college football starts in September the way we're used to, full stadiums, everybody's playing. I just can't envision that. I think there's too many challenges. But I do think there will be a college football season. Um, it'll look different, and I do think there will be an NFL season. I think the NFL – um, has a greater chance to look more like what we're used to, but I still, knowing what I know right now, I can't imagine the NFL season starting with with eighty thousand people in, in in each stadium. I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be maybe you know less or or, or no fans, uh, but I do think we're going to have. I do think I don't know for sure, but I do think we're going to have a football season. Well, Dean, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Frankly Speaking Sports. I would love down the road to definitely do it again. Absolutely. Yeah, just let me know. All right, buddy. Stay safe, okay? You got it. You too. Thank you, buddy. That was Dean Blandino, the former senior vice president of officiating of the NFL and current Fox Sports NFL and college football rules analysis. We will be back right after this. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. Oh my goodness. What what a great, great guy that guy is. Dean Blandino. I'll tell you what. When it comes to anything you want to know about rules and officiating in the NFL, that is definitely the man to turn to. I mean, we really appreciate him joining us today. I just want to remind you all, and I don't think we've mentioned this. We might have at the end of our show yesterday, but this Monday, we have another terrific guest for you. And for those of you in the Tampa Bay area, you know this guy pretty well. Zach Blobner from WDAE Sports Radio will be joining us live this upcoming Monday. We'll talk about a bunch of different things. I'm sure the Blake Snell topic will come up. We'll talk about the Buccaneers. Who knows? Whatever Zach wants to talk about, we're going to talk about. But we're just happy to have him joining us this Monday on Frankly Speaking Sports. Want to remind you all, if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, maybe you want to you know, talk about the conversation we just had with Dean, go ahead. Leave a message right on this podcast at the end. It'll say voice message. 
We'll play it on our next episode. Also, don't forget, we have the fastest growing Facebook page, Frankly Speaking Sports. We'll put a copy of today's interview, today's podcast on there for you, and update all the latest sports news. Also, follow us on Twitter. I'm new to Twitter. I'm trying to learn how to work Twitter. I'll take advice. You can message me at franklyspeaking528 at gmail.com. Any bit of advice you can give me on how to build Twitter. I am new to it, but I am trying to learn it. So that is another way to follow us. You know, a lot of excitement this weekend. NASCAR's coming up in Darlington. Uh, We talked about that early in the show. Monday is usually football Monday. And we're not going to discontinue that. We're going to keep that going because during the season, obviously, we recap all the games and everything going on. We are still looking for some correspondents. We currently have correspondents in Massachusetts. Uh, We have them in Florida. Uh, I believe we have um, one in Philadelphia now. So the Philadelphia teams are covered. If you like, anytime something breaks in those cities and you want to be on the show, we will give you a call, just like we will talk to uh, people about Blake Snell. Craig Frank in Tampa talked about the Bucks when um, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski came in about the draft. If you want to be that individual that does that for your city, just let me know. We love to talk sports on here. As long as you know your sports, we're happy to listen to you. So want to let you know that is an avenue you can do. Um, also this Monday, uh, we will see, hopefully we'll hear something soon uh, with Major League Baseball, and we would be able to report that to you. If anything during the weekend comes up that you need to know about, it'll be on our Frankly Speaking Sports Group page on Facebook if we feel it's even bigger, like the baseball season start, we will go live on Facebook. We are going to start in the near future to go back to uh, some live shows, some live evening shows. We are not going to take our podcasts away, but we will be going to some evening shows, getting some people that can speak to us in the evening live on Frankly Speaking Sports page. I want to thank everybody for listening today, and I want to thank our special guest, uh, Dean Blandino, for uh, coming on our show today. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll see you again Monday on the next episode of Frankly Speaking Sports.